How's it going, everyone? My name is Eric. I'm actually here with David Meltzer today for episode two of the Rainmakers podcast, where I interview people that make a lot of money, make a lot of things happen, and make a lot of impact. So um, Dave uh, is actually the CEO of Sports One Marketing um, and also S1 Media House, their you know media production company, and also the host of Entrepreneurs of the Playbook podcast, where he does interviews as well. So uh, Dave, can you tell us a little bit more about you, a little bit more about your backstory and anything the audience can, uh, you know, needs to know for context? Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm kind of the case study for uh, you know, not limiting your point of entry. Uh, grew up with nothing, a single mom, six kids, and really aspired to be rich for only one reason. I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. Uh, and my mom had a great, uh, skill set. She was a black belt in the martial arts. Uh, so every one of my siblings were terrified of her. She was a third degree black belt in the martial art of Jewish guilt. <laughs> so That's she believed funny. that this wasn't fully developed till after graduate school, that you're either a doctor, a lawyer or a failure. And so she, <laughs> she didn't like my idea of being a football player. Uh, but I did get a scholarship to college. I played football got run over, decided as I was lying there on my back with Christian Okoye's shoe in my chest, doctor, lawyer, failure. We thought I'd be a doctor and another great entrepreneurial uh, spirit and advice is, uh, you know, most 18-year-old kids like myself have no clue what they're doing. They're not more interested than interesting. And when I found out that you had to be in hospitals to be a doctor and I hated hospitals, I decided I should go to law school. Uh, and I went to law school and I, this is when I did get interested. One of the interesting things I did is I did research on what the highest paid lawyers, what type of lawyer they, they were. And I found that oil and gas lawyers, oil and gas litigators mm-hmm. were the paid lawyers in America. And so I went to, could have went to any law school, but went to Tulane university because they had the best admiralty law program, the best oil and gas program. And I studied really hard and I got offered a job. Uh, in oil and gas to be a litigator, but more importantly, I also got offered a job to sell legal research online, which really needed no legal, uh, you know, I didn't have to take the bar or anything, but they were only hiring lawyers to do that. Like doctors get hired to sell laser equipment, you know, for medicine or pharmaceuticals. Uh, I got a job offer to sell legal research online before the internet was even known. Uh, the funniest thing is, as an entrepreneur, you know, we always are listening to other people and Mm -hmm. they walk into a room as an entrepreneur of a hundred people and they got a hundred opinions of you. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to my mom for advice and I asked her, what should I do? Uh, Should I be an oil and gas litigator or should I uh, sell legal research online? Without blinking, my mom told me the internet was going to be a fad. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That panned out, right? (laughs) Yeah, that panned out. And uh, I should be a real lawyer. So, um, for the first time in my life, I was truly entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. because I didn't listen to anybody, right? I took the job nine months later, I was a millionaire. Uh, I bought my mom a house and a car, paid off my law loans. I started to pursue my potential as an internet guru and went on to Silicon Valley, assisted in raising $169 million for a wireless proxy server company. Uh, by the time I was 32, I ended up being CEO of the world's first smartphone, which was manufactured by Samsung. It was a Windows CE device called the PC-E phone, cleverly named. <laughs> uh, and here's the funny thing. By that time, I was a multimillionaire. Uh, I had everything I ever wanted, included 
uh, I married the girl I dreamed of marrying when I was in fourth grade. She hated me. Uh, I had three beautiful kids. But for the first time in my life, I wasn't happy. I was happy when I was broke. I was happy when I was trying to be a football player, a doctor, a lawyer. I was happy with all my law loans and with nothing. But here I was, a multimillionaire with a Ferrari, a Porsche, a huge home, a motor home, a golf course, a ski mountain, 33 different properties around the world, over $100 million in uh, portfolio money. And I was completely empty, void. And through the process of uh, a great journey, I surrounded myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. And I ended up losing everything. Uh, when I lost everything, I'd already been on my spiritual journey. I've already went through a transformation, you know, a quantum shift in my life. And I had become CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, which was the most notable sports agency in the world at the time. Mm -hmm. And here's the hardest thing for me was for two years, I was transforming, quantum shifting in value to provide service, to understand things. But all the causes that I created over the years had rendered me bankrupt. And not only did I have to go tell Lee Steinberg that his golden boy, his Midas, that was running the most notable sports agency, that I'd lost everything, but I had to go tell my mom mm -hmm. that I lost everything. And including telling her that uh, I had forgotten to take her house out of my name and I lost her home and she had to move. So think of the irony that the only reason I wanted to be rich, the reason I got focused on being rich, that money was so important to me that I believe money bought happiness mm -hmm. was that I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car and I ended up losing it. <laughs> uh, the cool thing is as bad of advice my mom gave me not to work in the internet. When I told my mom I lost her house and I lost everything, I thought she would be emotionally crushed. I thought she would cry. Mm -hmm. She would be angry, at least saddened. But for the first time, I understand uh, or understood unconditional love because as quickly as my mom told me the internet was going to be a fad was as quick as my mom told me, hey, are you okay? Do you need any money? Is there anything I can do for you? And I'm thinking to myself, wow. I wish I was that enlightened. I wish I was that much at peace with myself to love something or someone more than a circumstance that probably created a great tragedy of struggle and, and resistance into my mom's life. But it, it shifted my then and accelerated my then journey to understand that I was going to live my life of service, that I was going to provide value. Now, I'm all about making more money than anybody so I could help more people and have more fun. And that's my motto, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. Mm. But I do that by being of service. I wake up every morning at 4 a.m. I meditate. I pray to God for at least 10 people I can help. I live my life with the lens of productivity, how much I can appreciate and provide value to others and be productive, but also accessibility. How accessible am I to people that have brand new podcasts that uh, hopefully will, being kind to of my future self, remember me when famous and uh, they, I remember having Dave Meltzer one of the first guys ever because he took the time uh, to be accessible to you and to share information and help uh, but also to access what I want right um, so accessibility is really important to ask for help to always have three mentors people that sit in the situation you want to be in to be able to access and accelerate what I want 
and to shift the paradigm of value to have the relativity of infinite time in my space, as well as to create no resistance by understanding the place of peace, to not live in ego, but to live in peace. So I have no need to be right, offended, no need for superiority or inferiority or separateness, no need for guilt or anger or resentment. All of those things, I live my life the best that I can in the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. Man, that is a story, man. That was like, had so many ups and downs. I was like, you could probably write like 14 books out of that. That was awesome. I'm on number eight. So we're almost on my way. I'm launching number eight, uh, July 16th. Uh, it's game time business decisions, uh, taking the greatest names in sports and business and giving great lessons by great stories of how to make great decisions in your life. Nice. Awesome. Book number eight. So you got six more to go. And uh, I guess, I guess, yeah, you know, there's definitely probably even more than 14 books in there. And that's <laughs> like, there, there's so much that goes into that story where people, I think the biggest thing out of those stories that people probably connect with, and you probably hear this a lot is like the trials and tribulations of everything. Like, cause people think entrepreneurship and all this stuff is stuff, you know, is like so glorious and nothing bad ever happens, but it's like you, on the other hand, you've had a lot of, you know, ups and downs and like a lot of downs that probably changed your life a lot more than the ups did. It sounds like, um, but that kind of goes into my my first question, which is like, if you had to pick one thing out of that whole story or anything that you've learned, any idea, what would uh, what's like the number one thing that you would attribute most of your success to that made you a rainmaker? You know, and it's a very simple lesson that most people have a problem with, and I certainly did. Is ask for help, mm-hmm. right? All the successes, all the ups that I had yeah. was. Uh, because other people helped me and I asked for help. I accepted help. I uh, allowed what I wanted to happen by understanding that every the tree has no branches, right? I created no resistance or separate to other people and radical humility played a key role in all the successes that I had and all the lessons that I learned. You know, I don't even see life anymore as struggles or challenges. I, I just see it as understanding. So if I have a situation that I don't understand, I don't define it as a struggle or a challenge. I just seek the answer. And the best way to seek the answer is to ask for help. And so I look for greater awareness, uh, greater discipline and awareness, greater strategy and awareness. But I look at things uh, that uh, don't occur, that do occur that I don't want to occur as an understanding and my goal and I seek understanding enlightenment awareness to to that which I don't so it's just like a piece of a puzzle that you know when I'm doing a puzzle it doesn't seem to fit anywhere and I'm like how the heck does this fit in this isn't part of my pretty picture but sure enough you know 800 pieces later it fits perfectly into place and helps complete a perfect picture and helps complete a perfect journey that is one of acceleration as well as exponential growth that allows me to truly create abundance and live in a world of more than enough and not create resistance or illusions of resistance. Uh, so it's very, very important to have radical humility and ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, what you just said is like the perfect metaphor for just life in general, where uh, people don't really see like just because something's happening right now doesn't mean that it's like you know you're even going to solve it right now sometimes it's like you're not wise enough or you're not at that phase in your life or you're even going to be able to handle that so i've definitely had that where you know and then five years down the road finally it clicks and i'm like oh my god it makes sense so no i I definitely feel that a lot and i in that in that up and down story it sounds like you've had that multiple times where you finally found where all the puzzle pieces like fit and um 
you're obviously doing really well right now. So that um, kind of goes into my next question a little bit, which like, I feel like that first question kind of answers the second question, but what would be your number one um, tactic for um, growing a business just in general? I know it's kind of a general question. You have to- Oh, it's a great question. My number one tactic, the number one piece of advice of growing a business mm -hmm. is really simple. Stay in business. Most people lose perspective. They get out over their skis. They create void shortages, obstacles, and resistance with illusions where the actuality of being an entrepreneur, what has made me successful in that enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of my potential mm -hmm. is the fact that I'm always at bat. And in order to be a successful business, you got to stay in business. So the first thing I do every day after my meditation is guarantee that I'm going to be in business tomorrow because I know if I'm in business tomorrow that I'll evolve, right? My businesses are it's an evolution, not a revolution. And so I'm always looking to evolve, expand and accelerate what I'm doing. But in order to have that chance and where I made the mistake in the past is I put myself in a position where I wasn't in business tomorrow, where for me. I always guarantee first, I won't go to sleep unless it's guaranteed that I'm going to be in business tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So by doing that consistently and persistently, I create a huge, huge savings plan in a huge security plan in what I'm doing by always focusing on the most important thing to keep my heart beating. Right? Remember, the human body is the same as a business. There's only one thing that determines if your body dies, right? And that's your heart stopping. Mm -hmm. Right. There's only one thing that determines your, your end of your business, running out of money. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. so sure that I'm in business guaranteed every day before I do anything else. There's so many people that need to hear that, like pretty much any entrepreneur, no matter what level you're at, like just listen to that because I feel like, yeah, what you said earlier, people get ahead of their skis. They, they think that they need to go post a bunch of jet pictures or Lambo pictures on Instagram when really you just need to make sure you're cash flowing and you know, you're good from there. But yeah, no. or they try to raise a ton of money before they have any value in their business. And what they should be focusing in on is making money and building value in their business. So people want to invest in it, not just asking for money for a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then that also um, that tip actually goes for anybody that's really stressed or overwhelmed in business too, like that. That whole idea kind of makes me even feel like calmer about everything because it's like if you if you can have endurance and just like last like the long term, most people of like, you know, they what do they say, like eight out of 10 businesses fail or something like that, maybe even nine out of 10. So it's like as long as you can just stay in business longer than the next person, like you're most likely going to be fine and just outlast your competition if you just stay the next day. So I 100% agree with um, with what you just said. Um, and so one thing that I've been trying to do is build a personal brand over a very, you know, like long time here over, you know, actually, I wouldn't say it's that long of a time compared to some other people, but I've been trying to do it for about a year now. And it sounds like you've been trying to build a personal brand for, uh, you know, like past couple of years, and you've been doing a great job at it. Would you say that building a personal brand is important? And if so, like, you know, how would you say that is the best way to grow it? Yeah. So number one, there's no better time no more important time, mm -hmm. no better advice than to build your own brand right now. It'll never be the same. People will look back 20, 30 years from now and kicking themselves that they didn't build their own brand mm -hmm. because it's going to be so literally expensive and the value of a follower is going to be so high compared to today. 
So if you're not building your own brand, you're making a big mistake. If you're not investing in yourself, you're making a really big mistake. It'll never be this way again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the idea, two pieces of advice about building your own band. One, find your own frequency and put it out as frequent as you can, mm-hmm. right? So be yourself. Don't, you know, don't act, don't pretend, don't, you know, nothing inauthentic. Just realize there's 4 billion people out there and whatever weird stuff you're into or whatever individualistic type of perspective that you have, there's probably a good amount in that 4 billion that are going to resonate with it Mm. and it attracting, whether it's good or bad, they're going to love to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So find your frequency. There's no one on earth like you. And so you want to project your frequency. The other piece of advice goes to everything you do as an entrepreneur, not just building your brand. Mm -hmm. And I'll use you as an example. Uh, How how old are you? So I'm 22. 22. Perfect. So let's say that it it takes you five years uh, until you're 26 Mm -hmm. to get to 25% of where you want to be. Well, most guys, 26, if they only get to 25% of where they want to be, they're so disappointed, they quit. Mm-hmm. And that's why nine out of 10 entrepreneurs fail, people fail what they try to do. So here's the thing about acceleration and exponential growth. If you stick with it, you know, you might be 25% of the way there in five years, but you're only two and a half years away from being there 50%. And what happens is now you're 28 and a half. And you know, you want to get married, but you're not there. You're only halfway there. And you're thinking in your head, man, it's been seven and a half years. And your mom's thinking seven and a half years. Your girlfriend's thinking seven and a half years. Your your friends are thinking seven and a half years. And, you know, they're putting their hands on their forehead like this, doing the Fortnite dance, you know. (laughs) This is when people quit. And here's the saddest thing, that you're only a year and a quarter. A year and a quarter before you're 30 you're going to be 100% of the way there. Mm-hmm. You're in a quarter, right? Five quarters away from being there. And guess what? You're only two and a half quarters of a year, right? Two and a half, so almost a little over half a year of being 200% of the way there. Then you're a little bit over, right? A quarter of a year to be 400%. And you're only a little over eighth a year to be 800%, and right? And on and on and on. Well, by the time you're an old effer like me, 51 years old, you're a billionaire and you got, you know, 9 million followers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, nine out of 10 people quit at 25%. Another mm-hmm. of the 10 that's left quit, you know, at 50%. And it leaves this finite set of people that are enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential, which increases the exponential growth, increases this acceleration, and which allows you to be one of the few that live in more than enough. That's how billionaires are made. That's how real leaders are made. So find your frequency, put that information or content up, and most importantly, stay consistent in your pursuit of your potential, because if you can hit acceleration as well as exponential growth, when you're 25% of the way there, you're almost there. When you're 50% of the way there, you're almost there. And then just look out as you get to the exponential growth and acceleration through 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600, 3200% of the way there. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone will be calling you one of my favorite things that they can call you lucky, right? Mm-hmm. Consistent, persistent people in the world, those who pursue their potential at the greatest acceleration and growth are the lucky ones. Yeah. Are the- so I only wish that you're as lucky as me.
<laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, people that have that mindset, you know, things that happen to them, you know, not like for them or anything yeah. like that. Then, yeah, the why, yeah. why me people? Why me? Why me? Mm-hmm. You know what, man? I live my life and try me. Come on, mm-hmm. try me. Let me understand more. Try me out. Challenge me with information that I don't understand. Try me. I'm going to expand. I'm going to accelerate. And I'm going to come through what other people call struggles and challenges and resistance. I'm not going to just come through it. That's not enough for me. I'm going to expand and accelerate through it, which means I'm going to come out better. I live in God's favor, man. When things happen to me, it's only happening for the betterment of me. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And like, same thing, like a different way you could say that just so people can like understand it, really internalize it is like you know, today's actions or whatever, like sometimes you won't really like get to see the results or anything until like a year or two from now. Like that definitely happened with me where I was like making and you're so content. What if it happens 20 years? I've done yeah. things when I was young that I see the results 20 years later and wow. it's extraordinary. Seeds are set. People have pushed me in a certain direction. Things have happened in my life that, you know, when I turn 40 makes sense. When I turn 45, it's a, a it's stable of what I do. And I had no idea for 20 or 25 years. So, you know, I know when we're younger, it could be a year out, but have faith in it. Even if it's 10 years, 20 years, time's just a blip, man. Time is a blip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like from me making content to starting a business and like doing all that different stuff, like you, you know, people think in the first couple of months they're going to be successful, but like, I'm even just now starting to like see some of the results of stuff that I did like a year or two ago, or even, yeah, like probably even like four years ago, like learning like proper communication with either sales or marketing or just different skills. Now I'm getting, you know, I'm able to like get the rewards for all the work that I put in back then, but 20 years, you know, some serious patience. So it's like, that's when, you know, you're a true entrepreneur is when you pick up on that, like 20 years from now and you're like, yep. Um, but no, that that's awesome. And then, um, yeah, I know you have to run pretty soon. So what I would say is the two last kind of questions, they kind of go together. The first one's pretty simple, like a kind of like a yes or no. Should people include financial or money goals within their happiness and life goals? And second of all, um, how would you, you know, define happiness? Because people are always trying to figure out how to get that by the, you know, as soon as possible in life. So how would you recommend, you know, they do that as well? What money is one of the most important goals that you should have. Don't limit it, right? So if you're going to put a money goal on yourself, don't limit it with time. Don't limit it with an amount. So you can say, I want to double the amount of money I make as fast as I can. Instead of I want to make a million dollars by the end of this year. If you put those finite sets, you'll create resistance uh, in doing it. You're actually working against yourself. So be very cognizant. But let me tell you why money is such an important goal. It doesn't buy happiness, but it allows you to shop. Right. So if, and if you shop for the right things, money is going to make you happy. If you shop for the wrong things, it's going to make you miserable. And I have a lot of friends who make a ton of money that are super happy. And I got t- tons of friends that go shopping in the wrong places like I did in my 30s and they're miserable. So money is essential. You should have a goal of money. You should create abundance. You should make a lot of money so you can help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, have a lot of options in your life. Go shopping with your money for the right things. Uh, the second component of it is the definition of happiness is really simple, and I hope everybody understands this. Happiness is simply the enjoyment of the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your truth or potential. If you're pursuing every day your potential, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a son, as an uncle, as a dad someday, if you're pursuing how much 
money you can come through you and appreciate, how much service you can provide for others. If you're pursuing something, pursuit is happiness, right? You don't pursue happiness. When you're in the pursuit, you are in spirit, you're inspired, you are happy. So make sure you're pursuing consistently and persistently your potential of whatever it is you want to be. You want to be the best chef, best football player, best whatever it is, best son. Go ahead, be inspired, be in the pursuit of that and enjoy that pursuit. Have that positive perspective with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability and inspiration that allows you to get to do everything in your life, not got to do. And you will be extremely happy like me and live a fulfilled, purposeful and profitable life. Yeah. And people don't think they can have all three. They think they can, they can only have one because they think money is evil or, you know, selling is evil or anything like that. But it's like you got to realize that, like, you can have it all if you want to, but you just have to do what you said, where it's just like you're constantly pursuing it in all areas. And you can't let one area of your life degrade while you're like doing another one. It's kind of like spinning plates. Like, you've got to make sure that all of them are, um, you know, spinning the right way. Like I know that you have a family and everything. So I'm sure there's been times where you've been working a lot and the family life kind of went down a little bit, but then you had to go back and spend some time with your family and that might, you know, like tip the business a little bit. So you have to spin these plates constantly, but that's part of that pursuit you're talking about where that is what drives happiness. And people, I feel like just get uncomfortable with a lot of those, those three things you talked about. Um, cause they feel like they can't have it all, but yeah, no. So that was that was awesome. I appreciate One thing that. to add before we go is, mm -hmm. you know, the consistency in that balance. So, you know, I always say two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a weekend. So, you know, when it comes to having that balance with all this plate spinning, one of the things that I've been able to do is to stay in consistent contact and with what I want to do. So a minimum of an hour a day working out, a minimum of 30 minutes with my wife every day, seven days a week, a minimum of 30 minutes with my nine-year-old son and a minimum of two minutes a day with my three teenage daughters and a minimum of one minute a day with my mom. But those are consistent. And what I get is exponential acceleration through the consistent behavior, even with my relationships. Mm -hmm. So lower the bar, make sure that you're in constant, consistent, persistent behavior and pursuit of what you want with all those plates. Mm -hmm. It's not the amount of time, it's the consistency of time that'll give you the exponential growth and give you the acceleration that you want. Awesome. There we go. Drop the mic right there. David Meltz, who told you, you need to do it every day. So no excuses, everybody. You can't, can't do two hours on the weekend. It's got to be every single day, no matter if it's only one minute, like you just said. So no, that was awesome. I appreciate all that information. This is going to be super helpful for anybody that's watching. Um, but yeah, is there any last things other than that that you need to tell anybody or you know that, that you think they would benefit from or like one last phrase, anything like that? You know, always it's be kind to your future self. Do good mm -hmm. deeds. Follow me at David Meltzer and share my content. That's all I ask. And be kind to your future self. Like I said, look for opportunities to do good deeds and be kind. Awesome. Yeah, so you can find David Meltzer on YouTube. Um, it's youtube.com slash David Meltzer. You can just type in Correct. David Meltzer on YouTube. Um, on Instagram, da yeah, David Meltzer. And then your website's a little bit different. It's davemeltzer.com, right? Right, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's where everybody can find you. Again, Dave, I appreciate you being on the Rainmakers podcast. Um, it was super awesome to ask you a bunch of questions and learn your perspective on things. But other than that, um, again, thank you for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will see you next time. Don't forgive me when you're famous. <laughs> Will do.